Almighty God, on this blessed Sunday, we feel the chill of the air, but we feel the warmth of your love, oh God. Remind us of the relationships that we have shaped and formed. This is Human Relations Sunday, oh God, and Martin Luther King weekend. We give thanks for those who honor you by seeking justice and seeking peace and, and love with one another. Bless our time together. May the words that I speak bring you praise, O oh God, and never, never shame. Enlighten our minds, soften our hearts. Give us strength of limb that we might work to do your bidding. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Early in my ministry, I was asked to do a wedding uh, for a young power couple. She was... Uh, moving up fast in a Fortune 500 company. And he was uh, asked to be a partner at a major firm in Dallas. I realized early on that they were very compatible. And after six weeks, I realized that they were uh, highly suitable to marry each other, but I also realized that they had issues with the world. Since they both were a power couple, they had a class conscious identity. They looked down on people even though I don't think it was ever intentional because they had succeeded and were moving up. They just didn't think anybody had any sense except them. So as they got ready for the wedding and people tried to, who'd gotten married, try to help them prevent some of the pitfalls of planning a wedding, uh, planning dinners. And they, they didn't think anybody had enough sense to do that. And so they did all it themselves. They planned it all, even though his, his, the groom's sister or the, Respective groom's sister was a wedding planner, but since she had not planned a wedding for uh, hat for the quality folk, for the people with money, he decided they decided to go somewhere else and uh, and to pay a wedding planner. So the wedding went fine, everything went fine. The rehearsal dinner was fine, the wedding was fine, but at the reception there were a lot of folk, and I looked at the amount of food there and I thought this is not going to cut it. And by the time I got up there to get our food, something I got up there to get our food, the caterer asked, do you want a meatball or a wing? <laughs> and so <laughs> when things are about to get really bleak, his sisters, caterers came in and replenished everything as if it was planned and saved the wedding for them. You know, they were the kind had they, she not done that, the embarrassment would have killed them before the wedding. And when I think about their embarrassment and what they want, I always think about the wedding, Jesus, the wedding at Canaan in Galilee and what Jesus did for, for that couple. This is his first miracle. And some theologians, you know, ask the question, why in the world would you, your first miracle not be raising the dead or healing the sick? Why in the world is your first miracle at a wedding? And there's some significant points in this story. First and foremost, Jesus wants to celebrate in every aspect of our lives, and it matters to him, be it wedding or funeral or whatever the celebration is, it matters to the Holy One. Another instructive lesson, though, is that when his mother came up and told him about their running out of wine, he pretty much said to her, it wasn't a confrontation, he just said to her, not even my mother, not even my siblings can, can control God's own destiny. 
you know, we do what God, I do what God wants me to do in God's own time. But he, he heard her and he listened. And he touched the people at the wedding because he did change the water to wine, which is, had never been done before. And people were saying, you know, it, it, at weddings, we, we, don't, we don't give out good wine at the end. When people, when people are getting a little bit tipsy or when they're feeling really good, we can give them anything. But not for Jesus. Jesus said, you know, my people deserve the best. And as we change this water to wine, we give them our best. And, and what an awesome story of celebration of life and what, what marriage means to God, to Jesus. This, this uniting of two persons with their dreams to be fulfilled together and hopefully to endure a long life. And life is not going to be easy for anybody, whether you love one another or not. Life is hard. But together in solidarity, a couple can stand against the wiles of the devil, against the evil of the world and, and, and be blessed. And what we take from this, this lesson is that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, begins his ministry at this celebratory time. He begins his ministry by telling two people that you have been united by God and what God puts together, let nobody destroy. This wedding teaches us that all of life is a celebration. The wedding teaches us that, that whatever our heart's desire might be, and we ask Jesus, Jesus will intervene in Jesus' own time. This wedding at Cana and Galilee, when people are celebrating and they're bragging about this awesome wedding, and they're giving the, the bride and the groom credit for it. Now, these people don't know that it's Jesus who turned the water into wine. Only a few people know. And Jesus is not concerned with getting top billing to say, I am the son of God. I did this. But the people who mattered, the people who were getting married, knew that here Jesus came. He didn't just come to eat and feast and be married. He came to do what he could to make sure that this wedding happened like it ought to happen. This wedding helps us to understand how Jesus operates in life. Because as we live our lives out, no matter how tough it gets, Jesus wants us to see life as a celebration. He, and, and you as a preacher, how can we see life as a celebration when so much happens? We got sickness, we got death, we got pain, we got suffering, we got crazy politicians, we got uh, disasters one after another, we got fires in the West, we got mudslides, we got tsunamis, the world is crazy. How, do, how does God want us to celebrate? He wants us to celebrate knowing that no matter what tsunami comes in your life, no matter what storm rages, we serve a God who can say, peace be still. We serve a God who can heal, who can raise the dead, and who can change water to wine in God's own due time. That we celebrate day by day, moment by moment. Every day we get up, no matter what disaster happens, no matter how many children die in a school, no matter what happens, we don't want that to happen, but we still celebrate life because life will continue. It will go on. We, I watched a movie the other night that the young, uh, uh, young person who had been going from house to house and uh, 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 was an orphan and been going to foster home to foster home. And, and the woman who was, who was over this young person said to her, Everybody you love will leave you one day. Everybody's going to die or you will leave them. But you don't focus on death. You don't focus on them leaving. You focus on what happens while they're here. Because if you just focus on them leaving, you'll never get anything done. You focus on God. You've given me these moments, this time. What will I do with it that adds value to my life? 
Well, all I do with that adds value to that person's life. Life can't be just lived willy-nilly. Life must be lived with power and conviction and, and, and the reassurance that God is not going to let you fall. And God's going to pick you up. This wedding symbolizes God's own connectedness to us. It symbolizes God's own love. It symbolizes God's own power and it symbolizes who just who God is. That he gave his son, who can change water to wine, who can change tears into joy, who can change hate into love, a God who can make the world better if we join him, if we join him, if we let him lead and guide us, if we let him order our steps. Will you let him order your steps? Don't just sing it, do it. Lord, order my steps. Help me to celebrate life. Help me to reach out and grab it with gusto, with passion. I get up in the morning full, Lord. I get up in the morning full, busting all out, wanting to do something significant. It is not about what I gain in stuff. It's about what I gain in, gain in relationships. This is Human Relationship Sunday. We live in a world divided by skin color, geographic locations, politics, so much. Seven, we're almost at 8 billion people. Can you believe that? The world is almost at 8 billion sons and daughters of God. Nuclear war is a constant threat. People are being suppressed and subdued and, and killed out. So much is happening. And God is yearning. He's yearning for people who stand up in solidarity that the world might get better, be they Russian, Greek, American, Canadian, Japanese, Chinese, it doesn't matter. He is stand, saying that we ought to love every child of God. We love people who don't even know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They celebrate some other God, but God is saying, they're still my children. You've got to love them until a change comes. You don't know when that change is going to come. It may not come in your lifetime, but you can't just love them. because You can't just hate them because they're Muslim or Buddhist or whatever, whoever they are, or even atheists. You can't despise them. You've got to love them too because I love them. I care for them. You can't just hate because of a label. Human Relations Sunday says we work to build relationships. We live in a world divided. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are. Sexual orientation, it doesn't matter who you are. Geographical location, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody is worthy of God's love. Everybody is worthy of, of, of having a safe space and everybody's worthy of finding somebody to love. That's not our call who a person decides to love, who a person decides to care for. It is not your business. Your business is to love everybody unconditionally. Your business is to say yes to the Lord. Your business is to say, I get up every day, Lord, filled with joy and happiness because I believe this world can be made better. If you listen to the song, Sister David saying, if you can, if you can just help somebody, if you can help somebody, then your living is not in vain. If you can get up and help somebody, what will you do to help somebody? Your living is not in vain. If you get up and, and care for somebody, if you see that tired mother who barely can, oh, she's working two jobs. She can barely keep her eyelids 
open, trying to take care of a child, that you can say, let me just, let me hold that baby while you get a nod. You get to the grocery store and she's a, a person's a dollar, two dollars short from being able to feed their family. And we stick our pet fingers deeper in our pockets. Now, here's two dollars. I love it when somebody you get to the and gotten to pay for my food or haircut or whatever, somebody's gotten up and, and paid for it. It says that somebody cares about you. And I'm telling you, how many people have gotten something done like that and not passed it on? So then brag. Well, so and so bought, I went in the McDonald's and my food was already paid for. This is the tenth time it has happened. Well, have you paid for anybody else's? I didn't think about that, Reverend. I just think about the blessing I got. When we are blessed, we pass it on. I'm convinced that the people at the wedding passed it on. I'm convinced that when we're blessed by God, we pass it on. This is Human Relations Sunday. Are you building bridges with somebody? I shared with our Bible study group that uh, a couple of weeks ago, something I traveled to Kentucky. They see some people who were important in our lives who happen not to look, have the same skin color as we do, but they were significant in our lives. I remember being at a, at a revival when I was tired and worn out and wanted to and, the, and this friend of mine who, who could barely see the drive said, Roger's preaching in Fulton. I got to go there and support him. And all through my ministry, wherever I was, he would go find me and support me and became a brother to me. And when he totally lost his sight and, and, and he lost so much in his life, the Lord said, go tell, go just go see him and tell him how much you love and care about him. Because in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in this world that we live in, too many people want us to be divided by race, by gender, sexual orientation. Always something thrown in your face to divide you. But I'm telling you, we don't have to let anything divide us. We just have to continue loving people like we constantly at a wedding, like we constantly celebrating. And whatever happens, we're celebrating. If you don't like the snow, go out and do a, do a dance in it. Thank the Lord, because you live through the snow. If it's too hot, just fan yourself and keep on going. Whatever happens, God say, say I got, we got this day, Lord. We got this. We, we're going to make it. Every day is going to be a celebration. Every day is going to be a wedding. Every day, no matter what happens, no matter, no matter how, when I get to the emergency room and my family's there, we know it ain't many hours before the end comes. We still celebrate the life of that person who's going on the globe. So much happens in our lives. We got so much to celebrate. You can either give up or give, out, give up, give in, or just give it over. Because life is worth celebrating. You got grandchildren. If you, you're not celebrating your grandchildren, something's wrong. If you're a man and you have not played dolls with your, with your girl grandchildren or your, or your girls, you're missing something. You're missing something. If you're not hugging your sons lately because you're a macho man, you're missing something. If you're not said to the people around you as you get off the phone, you I love you, you're missing something. Don't let society de define you. Be defined by the cross. Be defined by the love you give. We, we, we're celebrating Dr. King's weekend. Do, you, do, do we realize that, that as much as he did the last year of his life, people thought 
to the, the, if you look at the polls, they said, well, he's irrelevant. How can a man who did all the things that he did become irrelevant at any point in time? How can a person who was stabbed for the cause, who was beaten for the cause, who was jailed for the cause, how can a man who won a Nobel Prize if, with that great financial reward and give it away? He was not a rich man. He gave it away. And can you just hear the folk now? He gave all that money away. What a fool he is. He gave that away. At the end of the day, God's going to ask you, Roger, Cynthia, Maggie, Paul, Bob, Joe, Dan, did you give yourself away? As you leave this world, can you say I've given all I have to give, I've given my soul and my heart and all my desires to serving you, Lord. It has never just been about me. Lord, I give myself over to you. Jesse Jackson uh, was friends with a lot of folk. And one of his mentors, Jesse went to the man's deathbed and asked, if you had it to do all over again, what would you do? This man was Hubert Humphrey. Hubert Humphrey had a work ethic where he worked about 20 hours, 18 to 20 hours a day. And on his deathbed, he told his dear good friend, Jesse Jackson, you know, Jesse, I, if I could do it all over again, I'd put in more hours for God's people. Wow. On his deathbed, Hubert Humphrey was not satisfied with what he had done. The Dixie, Dixiecrats hated him because he wanted a civil rights plank for black folk early in, in, even in the 40s. They hated him. He probably lost becoming president because he stood too much for justice. And when people went to him and said, if you can just ease off of caring about these colored folk. And you can just ease away from caring. You can be president. And he said to them, but I can't still be a child of God. Hallelujah. Being president ain't worth it. Being rich ain't worth it. And I say to Senator Cinema and Senator Manchin, is it worth it? I say to several Supreme Court justices, is it worth it? At the end of the day, as you stand before your God, at the end of the day, as you preach about morality, are you living it? As we celebrate Dr. King, as we celebrate human relationships, as we celebrate who we are, make every day, every day, a wedding day, make every day a time to celebrate. And we give thanks to God as we celebrate our newlyweds in our church. Wonderful wedding yesterday. We celebrate beautiful people who gave themselves over to one another to honor God, to honor life. 
we are glad, very glad for that. May God be with us all. Let us pray. Lord, we give thanks and we celebrate. Celebrate Zakia, Brandon, their marriage. We celebrate marriage as a whole, oh God, and pray that they will have a wonderful, blessed life together with their family support and support of the kingdom of God. Lord, as we close out this worship, there are people who might hear the word and want to come in out of the storm and we say they can come to Centenario, they can any place that's open with Jesus name over the church, it might be close. So we want you to send in there, but we just want you to be a part of the family of God. And those who are leaving us, those who will be with us during uh, the rest of the service, you, we can, you can share during our celebratory time. So be with us in all that we do in Jesus name, amen, amen, and amen. <laughs>